can only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Oh, yes. What's up, guys? It's Adam here from the Bottlejo Podcast. Welcome to episode 74. Today, we're going to be flying into possibly, possibly one of the deepest, richest, most in-depth potos we've ever done. And I say that because there's a lot of context for this potto about authenticity, about remaining consistently authentic, whether it's with your boys, whether it's in front of your 10, whether it's in business, anything, anything in life, just making sure that you always bring in that authentic version of yourself that you know to be true. You know that, well, this is who I am on a Sunday night. And that's what I, uh, that's one of my favorite tickers. That's one of my favorite measurements of authenticity is who are you on a Sunday night? Anyways, that's the topic for today. And I hope you guys are doing super well. And yeah, I've basically, Instagram's got this new feature, this new questions feature. And it's a bit like Form Spring. If any of you guys are young, and, young enough, old enough, if any of you guys are old enough to remember this thing called Form Spring, it's like where you could ask anonymous questions. However, this is not anonymous. I can see who it is. But yeah, it's like, so I put out this, this question thing on Instagram asking for potter suggestions. And you guys, like, uh, like an army came at me with so many different questions. You guys came at me 300 Spartan vibe, so many different questions. And there was actually quite a few reasonable ones, but this was the one that stuck to me as in, yeah, we haven't really touched on this specifically, not in a very long time, not really in a potter either, but back in my three core principles video, I did get a bit into authenticity but not really in depth. So I've got this one, I've got that. So there's that, right? Because this actually, actually, I've got to slow myself down here because this is not going to be a sprint potto. You know, sometimes I sprint through these pottos, we get them done in 50 minutes, short as 45 minutes, but this might be a two hour potto. I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. But either way, I'm going I'm I'm to need to take my time with this. So let me get this matcher in. It's just so smooth. It's just, it's just fucking so smooth. Mmm, so nice. Organic matcha. It's where it's at. Okay. So, yeah, that's like probably going to be the first half of this potto is that I've got this one guy's question through the Instagram questions, by the way, if you're not following me on the gram, at Uitang1, double O-I-Tang1, hit it up. And you guys can ask your own questions there as well. So I'm going to go into his question and he is a very rudimentary question. It's a very basic question, which is, uh, I, you know, rec- um, not recommend, which, which I expect. I expect that from this kind of medium, which is why I then DM'd him to ask for the actual context as to why he asked that, what it means to him and what is the story behind this? Because that's what makes this rich. That was, that's what makes this deep. So I've got tremendous context on both ways. Now that's going to be the first half. And then the second half, uh, another guy messaged in on this topic saying, hey, Adam, I see that you're going to be doing this upcoming pot on authenticity. Can you also hit this angle? Can you also get in on this? And so he sent me his context in a completely different light, which but it all ties in real nicely to this full package. So I can't wait. So let's go. The question, and I'm not going to use his uh, full name, but let me just call him Ni, as in N-I, Ni, almost like a Nissan in Japanese, older brother. I'm not sure if he's older than me, but I'm going to call him Ni. And his question to me through Instagram questions was, how to remain consistently, consistently, that did not come out right. How to remain consistently authentic in interactions. How to remain consistently authentic in interactions. 
So as you can see, that's very broad. That's very general. I need to dive in for the context here. So let me get that. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just reached out to him saying, hey, man, I'd love for you to crank me in with some deeper context. And he came back at me saying, um, hey, Adam, first off, I hope you're still doing well, brother. I suggested it because it's been a mental slash emotional emotional conundrum for me lately. I'm at a point in my journey where I have a keen awareness of the process in terms of what to execute and the habits on a daily basis to progress on this journey, dot, dot, dot. Next paragraph. But despite making, in quotes, technical, end quotes, progress, i.e. getting more comfortable with executing the process of game, I still have trouble connecting to and expressing my authentic self in interactions. Although I don't consciously try to put on a different persona when interacting with women, in brackets, and people in general, in brackets, I do feel the pressure, in quotes, to do, in quotes, when I'm out, as in the pressure to do when I'm out. I've built up positive habits of taking action, pushing my limits, and provoking creativity when I'm out, so naturally I find it difficult to take a step back and let things fall naturally. That's interesting there. We'll definitely need to come back to that bit. That's me talking. Anyways, back to him. Recently, I've seen a marked shift in the vibe of my interactions, which have become more natural and playful. However, the reason this issue came to mind at all was that even at the peaks of flow, I still have nagging, almost reflexive thoughts slash emotions surrounding a fear of loss. I fear that if I don't put the pressure on myself to bring it all the time, I would not have, in quotes, it, end quotes. Whatever that may be on any given night that is allowing me to be free-flowing and effective. These ideas are still raw in my mind, and this is my first time explicitly verbalizing them, so hopefully that gave you some context. I feel like last, I feel like since we last talked on Skype, my foundation has been greatly improved upon. I feel I have a good sense of what this process entails and how to apply it. However, the struggle to bridge that gap between learning and executing and embody it as a part of my everyday being. Super stoked to hear your perspective. Cheers. Oh, shit. So that's some context, like that's some real context. And you guys know that I love that. Oh, geez, I love that. Like, you know, his initial question, let me just get that word for word. Hang on. Where the fuck is it here? It's in my archive. I got to go back to the archives here on uh, Instagram. Into the archives. You know, that, uh, his, his initial question of how to remain consistently authentic in interactions that's the tip of the iceberg. That's that's the mushroom tip right here. But we went we went full Antarctica with that. That was so deep. It's so rich, and I will need to consistently refer back to it. So let me let me pop that one back in. And there was there's really two things because you guys like even though I've had that message in the inbox for a couple days now, one day, two days, probably one full day at least. I really haven't looked at it. That's the first time I really looked at it properly because I like to just sit here in the potos with you guys and just unpack this, give you guys my natural reactions, my raw reactions, raw thoughts. And that way you guys at least get to see my thought process as I go into it. And that's where, and that's also how you guys know this shit's hundred percent real and I don't just draw up notes or anything. You know, the only thing on my, uh, on my Mac right here is Google and audition, which records this photo. So, okay, let's hop back in. So let me sum that up. Let me, let me give you guys what I really think that means. And the good thing about that is that him, he even said right from the get that he doesn't even really know what this means. Like it's the first time he's trying to get it out. So that really relieves a lot of pressure on both sides. But I guess the first thing I think of when 
when going through that, just initial reaction is that when he's talking about how to remain consistently authentic, he's speaking specifically to the idea that, well, this is a guy, and this is what I love about this context, is that this is a guy that's on the journey. This is a guy that's in the process of developing his social acuity, his social understanding, his social skill set when it comes to interacting with people and women, specifically of women here for sure. But I'm sure that, Nia, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're also thinking, how can this get better with just my friends and my family and all realms of social dynamics? But I know he's in the journey as well because he needs to improve his dating life. So you take that background context as to what he's saying here and what is, and so it makes sense. And this is a huge dilemma. It's a huge dilemma, but it's a beautiful dilemma that I see all beginners and all guys that go through the initial stages of their journey and they start to hit this, it's like a plateau along the mountain in which that they're no longer green ribbons, right? They're no longer green roots and they have actually started to, as you can tell from what he said there, he has started to make progress on the journey. He has started to get a good handle on the execution. So let's bring this, that's really like, that's very humid way, that's very humid you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things being thrown around there. Let's ground that into something real tactical here. Let's say this: like I would feel pretty confident based on that message and based on what I know about me that if I was to step into a club with him, that I wouldn't need to have my arm on his shoulder the entire night. If you know what I mean, I wouldn't need to be babysitting him the entire night. I would feel confident based on what he's said here, and if he's being truthful and honest, that he knows how to at least get himself started at the beginning of a night. He knows how to. Rock up into a venue. All right, I'm going to speak to this person, this person, this person, this person. I'm going to interact with these German tourists. I'm going to hit up this guy who's at the bar and get a relationship going with him. So you can bounce back to him, the bar guy, the bar man. And you're going back and forth. And he's he knows what to do, so to speak. He knows how to get himself into the place to self-express, to shift his state of mind, state of being into a place where I actually want to learn about social dynamics, where I actually want to get in front of a girl that I'm super attracted to and see what's up here, see what we can do, right? See what we can do. And so I feel like that's what he's got down. That's what that means. That's what when he's typing that message out, I'm reading that message. That's what I feel like that means. However, what, what does that entail? What does that infer? It infers that there is in fact a step-by-step process that he knows he needs to do because that's not his natural default. It's not his natural default. And listen, like, Nee's done some Skype coaching with me, so I know it was a while ago, but so he's probably changed a lot in that time. But from the time that I remember spending with him, Nee was a lot like me coming up. You know, Mr. Nice Guy definitely didn't have the natural born skill set just hardwired within him. So he knows he has a certain process to do with that he needs to get at to be able to get himself into the place to do all the things that I just mentioned before. Let me reset here. So that's all well and good, Adam. Yeah, that's great. So he knows the process. He can get into the process. What seems to be the problem here? Well, the problem is, is that I was mentioning it before. When you're going up this mountain, when you're going over this mountain along the path of the journey, there is often a plateau that you reach when you're no longer this green roots beginner, but you're somewhere in the intermediacy of it all. And what you realize is that there seems to be a bit of a borderland, a bit of a sticking point, a bit of sticky, almost like a um, like a bit of a quicksand kind of fall trap where it's like in order to get into this place of creativity, in order to get myself into the state, which I know I can get to and I know what that feels like, I have to go through this tremendous process to do. And that's something that he mentioned in his message explicitly. He put in quotes and in capitals, 
to do. Essentially saying that there's this part of him which knows there's something I need to do here, that my natural self coming into this nightclub is probably not going to be able to get it done. It's probably not going to be in the right state of mind to be able to compete, so to speak, with all these people that are pinging off on God knows what, whatever kind of drugs they're on, or they're just purely on alcohol, you know, at the base minimum. And they're operating on high levels, high level of freedom, uh, social freedom. And I'm not there right now, so I need to go through this process. But at the same time, it's like, do I almost, do I need to do that all the time? Do, and that's the thing I'm talking about here, which is that because you've done the work, because you've put in the work over this, however long it's been, it's taking you to get to this point. It's almost so like so hardwired and so ingrained into your way of doing things and your way of being that it's like, well, I've got to go through this process again. Then I can be this authentic self, this this creative self, this self that uh, is all willing, all well and willing to be able to dive into these social interactions. And so I get it. That's that's where you're at. And to your question, and actually it's not even really a question, which is why I want to dive back here for a second. You know, he's saying that you don't consciously try to put on a different persona when you're interacting with women, people in general, but you do feel the pressure to do when you're out because you've built up these positive habits of action and pushing yourself. Exactly. And listen, this is the, uh, this is the full circle thing I like to talk about. I'm not sure whether I've explicitly made a video on this that I don't think I've had, I have, but I've definitely mentioned this in like little drops, little pieces, but I want to say it here again for sure. And it's that there is a full circle in this journey. I'm speaking to you, Nee, right now. There is a full circle in this journey that, yes, at the beginning, you just don't know what the fuck to do. You just don't know what the hell you're doing. You, you're, so out, you're such a fish out of water. You're such a bird out of the sky. You have no idea. And so you find someone that can show you what to do. For for you, it's probably been a few other people, but I know I've played a huge role in that journey as well, so you found me as well. And so you embarked on this journey to go ahead and learn what to do and how to get yourself into that place. And you've been doing that. And the way that I look at that is that, that that's like on a clock phase, that's like 12 to 3. That's like if you're an absolute beginner at 12, that's like getting yourself to 3 p.m. You're getting to yourself to the 3 on the clock, the first kind of quarter, the first shift. And when you get through that first shift, it's painstaking. And most guys never do that. So you have to make it habitual, as you've said here, which is fantastic, which is exactly what you need to do. But then to move to the next stage, right? And you're probably somewhere in between this next stage of between 3 p.m. to 6, you know, 3 to 6, which is somewhere in between there. You're starting to feel that now that I know what it is, it, it, it's like kind of conflicting. It's kind of conflicting because, yeah, as you said, you don't want to have to do all the time. You don't always want to have to put out maximum effort. And this, not that it's contrived, but that it is definitely on purpose. There's no accident that when you step into this nightclub, you are speaking to literally every single person from the moment you step in. There's no accident that that's happening. That is a directed action that you're taking. So there has to come a time. And when you're in that stage, it almost seems like this time, this, this place never really will come to fruition in which that you no longer have to do that, in which it will just be so natural, so comfortable that, hey, uh, if I want to, I can step into that right now, that place where, hey, I'm just going to go up to these people, these people, have an amazing conversation with these people, just express to these people. And then actually after that, I'm done with that. I'm going to chill right now. It seems like that ebb and flow 
that ebb and flow never comes. And for a lot of guys that get into this journey, and one of the characterizations of being in that stage of where it doesn't feel like that's ever going to come is when you start to get, or you start to feel like this is becoming too robotic. This is starting to feel a little bit too monotonous, and it's just the same thing all over and over and over and over. And it's not that the end result of it isn't bad, sorry, isn't good. It's not bad at all. It's actually really good. It's You're getting yourself into the place where you want to get to. It's just that there's such a process to do so. And let me say this, my friend. Let me say this, is that there does come a time, at least in my experience, it was the case for me that in a certain time, at a certain time for me, when it got to the stage of where girls were literally saying back to me, you know, do you do this all the time? That's one of the key markers. That's one of the absolute key markers of someone who is starting to break out of the newbie zone, break out of the green roots kind of zone of his journey, break out from, you know, six on that clock face from, he's somewhere now going from six to nine. You know, he's definitely not, he's no longer in that first half of the learning journey, the learning curve, but he's he's got a good handle on his skill set. He's got a good handle on the habits. He's taken action consistently. There's no questions about it. There's no confusion as what needs to be done. You've seen yourself do it, maybe sporadically, maybe actually not so much sporadically now, but consistently. You're starting to see what it's like to engage with girls and start to uh, start to take them through a journey and adventure that goes well beyond just meeting her, that goes into, okay, what's it look like on a day two right now? What's it look like exploring the beach with her, exploring this, this garden with her, and then cooking with her back at your place and managing her sexualized feminine energy as you're there on the couch, as the, you're there in your bed, as you're there in the kitchen and reading the person in front of you. And so it's like, you're starting to get that more consistently in general. And that was very macro, but bringing it back down to the nightclubs or being in a club or going out in one night, you know, it's not even so sporadic anymore. It's consistent. But what you're starting to feel is that I'm consistently getting these reactions from people that you do this all the time. That's one of the things that I hear the most from guys that are starting to get out of that. They're getting out of the... uh, out of the three to six, and they're going into six to nine. And the six to nine period is this unlearning period. And that's what I want to get into here. That's what I want to get into here. It's like, it's the unlearning period. And this is going to seem so paradoxical. It's going to sound so contradictory. It's not even going to make sense. So you really need to slow down with this one. So I'm going to force myself to take a breath here. Because even I need to unpack this correctly, because it's something I felt along in my journey quite, quite, uh, what's the word? It was it was a definite feeling that I had to do this. This doesn't happen on its own. So I mentioned unlearning and unwiring, and it's almost like a rewiring. It's all three of them, really. And what I'm talking about here is that you get so clean at the process, you get so automated at the process that it actually starts to have a counter effect on your interactions because it just feels like to the people on the other end of you, oh, this is just what this guy does. This is just another night for this guy. This is just, oh, this guy does this all the fucking time. And whenever you, for guys that do a lot of day game, whenever you start to hear this consistently, do you do this all the time? When a girl says like, you know, you, you got through your open and a girl can kind of sense that and she goes, uh, whether it's in the initial interaction, but maybe it doesn't pop up until the day two. And you start to just hear girls saying in some way, shape or form, is this the type of thing you do a lot? Because it seems like you do it a lot. And that might not seem like a bad thing to the absolute beginner, to the straight newbie listening right now. That might seem like, well, that's the goal, right? To get to the point where people think like, you're so good at it. You're so clean at being able to open a girl, qualify, invest and close. You're so damn good at that. 
that people are actually starting to say back to you and verbalize it, verbalize that, in fact, that you are so good at this. But what is the issue with that is that if someone can logically verbalize to you that something is off here, well, then something's off. Right, that's actually not a good thing. It's not a good thing that someone can tell that you've been doing a lot of this because what that infers is that you're lacking real presence. When you've been doing this for so long, and if your knee right now is getting into this maybe six to nine stage on the clock, when you get starting to get to this point when you know what to do really well, it actually forces you out of the present moment and forces you into this kind of autonomous, mm-hmm, kind of just like the... The, the gears and the cogs are just running now. They're just running. They require no effort on your part to spin the wheels or to spin the cogs and to turn the uh, to turn the gears, so to speak. There's no effort required for you on that part. And in the beginning, even though you make a lot of mistakes in that 12 to 3, one thing that's very good about and that's in the kind of in the pros for an absolute beginner is that an absolute beginner is often very often the case, not always, but is often the case, has an easier time with being present in a conversation and being present in an interaction because he's just like so fumbling and fumbling over everything that he's trying to say and do. He's making so many mistakes and it's just like so obvious that he's trying to do that. And it's it, that in and of itself is quite present because like, well, I just, you know, he's just like, he doesn't really, he doesn't have any automation. He doesn't have any automation yet. So there's no kind of unconscious wavelength for him to fall back onto, which doesn't fuck with it. So while he is making a lot of other mistakes that can fuck things up, one thing that is a pro in an absolute beginner's point of view is that at least he's present. But when you start to get very refined at this and very practiced at this, you start to lose that presence because you're starting to see moves ahead before they even fucking happen. You're starting to see social interactions in slow motion. Now, I'm just going to reset this cam because that's a really good point I want to go on here. You start to see social dynamics in slow motion when you've been doing this long enough and consistently enough and immersive enough and reflective enough. You start to see things in slow motion. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that, well, because of pattern recognition, there's only so many responses to opening a girl. There's only so many variables that are expected. Of course, there's always the extraneous variables that you could never plan for. You could never plan for the fact that this little kid's got to run in and pull your pants down mid-set. Happened before. You never, you could never expect that you're going to f- slip at the last moment, like physically fall over. I've seen a lot of guys do that. You could never expect that some random, some random drunk as fuck dude is just going to crash your set and just, just throw up on your shirt. Like you can never expect those extraneous variables. However, when it comes to interacting with girls and interacting with people in general, actually, based on the vibe that you're going on with, based on the vibe that you're bringing them with, there's only so many ways they're going to respond to it. You know, based on their 50 and based on your 50, and especially if you know how to consistently get your 50 to the place of where you're feeling pretty good. It might not be 50 out of 50, well, 100 out of 100 of your 50, you might not be the best, but you know how to get yourself to a really good place just in general, most nights out of the week, most days out of the week. So if that's all kind of taken care of, well, then when I say to a girl, you know, if it's on the street in the day, you know, I saw you and I thought you looked cute, I had to come say, hey, right? See, even right there, look at how that just came out so autonomously, like there was no thought process there. There was no feeling there, but I make sure, and this is going to tag us back here, to a point I was trying to say before, which is that I make sure that when I am in front of the girl and I am there in the moment with her, that the way that I'm going to open her always comes off 
present in that moment. So while it may be similar words, the vibe is always unique to that moment. The pacing, the cadence, the vocal tonality, the way the the eye contact, the smile, the everything about it, everything just little inflictions, little pauses, little hesitations, everything. And it's not that it's ever, ever planned. All I know is that even though I know what to say, I need to infuse this with real presence, which is why it will always come out different. It'll always come out unique in that moment. So I'm, what I'm talking about here, and this is this is a really long, it's long, but it's required. What I'm explaining here is this full circle thing I was talking about before, which is that, and actually I just said it there. I just, I literally just gave you the, the full picture just there, which is that, you know, once you start to get to this slow motion Uh, when you what's the way I'm saying that when you start to acquire slow motion abilities there we go when you start to acquire the slow motion ability to be able to break down interactions and see the reactions coming you can tell how she's going to respond and you can just automatically respond to that as well so not only do you know what to do but you know what to do when she comes back at you when that just becomes so part and parcel it becomes so uh green green tea matcha baby but it becomes so matcha baby then what you need to do now is you need to start rewiring and unwiring and re and learning to unlearn, learning to unlearn, which is an interesting thing. And I actually just pasted back a second ago. If you were very keenly aware and listening, you probably heard me already drop this and I said it before, but it was very, very subtle. So I'll forgive you if you didn't pick it up, but I said something before I said how, when I'm in front of that girl, I'm making sure that I'm bringing a unique vibe every single time and that specifically hesitations, different tonal inflictions, different ways of saying things, different ways of, ways of looking at her. And everything that I'm painting there is one way, and I love that I just use the word paint, is because that's how I think of it, is that you're learning to just paint the wall. Now, I've said this in a lot of different videos, but a long time, and I have not rehashed this in a long time, so I want to unpack it again. When you're going from 12 to 6 or 12 to 9, right? Essentially, what you're learning to do is that you got a canvas or you got a wall. You got this perfect, let's take this, you got a perfect canvas, this perfect white canvas, and you got this straight brush that can only paint up and down. That's all you can do. You can only do up and down strokes. So the end product is going to be very consistent. And you're going to, it might be slow and it might not be, and it might not be as interesting when you start to get very good at it. It might start to feel like, Fuck this process. This process is just up and down strokes, up and down strokes. However, once you get so good at that, people can tell, oh, you just do up and down strokes all the time. This is what you do. And what you need to do to be able to get beyond that and start to actually get into the flow and creativity, which is what I start to feel is nine to 12, which is really the full circle of things, is that you need to learn to just paint the wall. So what you start to do is that you throw away the canvas, which is a nice rectangle, this nicely predicted rectangle, this which you know you know how much space is going to be filled. You know exactly how many strokes need to fill in this white canvas. So you you go, you move away from that and now you go over to this big ass white wall and you just start painting the wall in whatever fucking direction. You can't there's no more up and down. It's just like I'm going to stroke here, I'm going to go diagonal here, I'm going to if for those of you that are just listening, I'm just fucking painting the wall all, all over. I'm doing circles. I'm I'm just throwing buckets on the wall and painting in that direction. Now what does that really mean? What does that really mean is that oh, now because I have hardwired the skill set, I know that the fundamentals are there. I've done the up and down strokes so much, 
Fundamentals are laid. Now I can just have fun with this shit. I can just do whatever the fuck I want within reason. Within reason, obviously you can't go overboard with this. Otherwise, you'll never get the wall painted in general. But you can start to fuck with the way that you open up a girl. You can start to fuck with the way that you balance qualification and investment. You can start to fuck with the pacing of closing a girl and the pacing of sleeping with a girl and the pacing of going to relate and everything and anything. You can just take free reign of it. And this is what I meant by it's like learning to unlearn. It's learn it's unlearning what you learn. It's rewiring this this consistently scientific almost scientific, definitely scientific method of doing things, which is exactly what a beginner needs. Like me, this is the, and I'm uh, don't worry. I've got a very clean mind right now. I've got a very clear mind. I know exactly where we're going, but I need to go into all this. I need to dive into all this because it's all going to wrap itself up naturally. So if, if you have a lot of questions right now, if a lot of things might seem kind of strings left untied, they will be tied back up. Trust me. But, but Nate, I don't want you to question the process you've been going down. I don't want you, I don't want any beginner listening to this or any kind of intermediary uh, going through this process to question the scientific up and down method. No, that's what you have to do. That is what I am teaching beginners. I cannot say to a beginner, "Hey, man, just fuck around with the open." Hey, man. Hey man, we're in this club right now. You see this 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 group set of maybe five six absolute dime pieces, and I just say to him, "Here, have a go." Have a fucking go and just see what's going to happen. If you go in with that mindset, well, it's very unlikely any beginner is even going to get himself into that position because it's too daunting. That's too much pressure. That's way too much expectations just to be out. Because why? 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 He does not have the foundations laid. The fundamentals aren't there. You only get to a place of, well, let's just see what happens. Let me just paint this wall in any which way and direction. Let me fuck around with it. Let me see what I can get away with. Let me see what I can test. Let me test this. Let me poke this bear. Let me poke this beehive right here. You only get to that place if you have spent the time laying the foundations, right? Going with your up and down strokes, up and down strokes. You only get to that place if you've put in that work, right? You know, it's, it's like that old adage, you learn the rules so that you can eventually break them. And that's actually exactly what's going on here. So even though rules is maybe not a good a good uh, cross analogy to what I'm talking about because social dynamics rules is a very loose thing. There are very few rules in social dynamics, but there are definitely uh, there are definitely patterns. There are definitely principles. Rules, I don't like the word rules that much actually. Anyways, moving on. So, so I was just saying before, never question that. Never question that all the time you spent learning this up and down way of doing things, this stroking up and down strokes way of doing things was the wrong thing to do. Nope, you're definitely doing the right thing. Now you just come to a place where it's like, well, doing these up and down strokes and doing the same thing over and over again is starting to conflict with me authentically because authentically, right? And actually I need to, this is something I was going to do earlier. I was going to actually describe what I, what authenticity means to me, but I think I'm going to park that for a second because it'll probably have to, I'll probably be forced to have to go into it more in a sec. But it's slightly, it's the next thing I want to talk about. So let me park that. Let me pin that up. Right, you're starting to feel within yourself that, hey, I want to, I want to try different things. I want to explore into different things. I want to poke this bear in a different way. I want to, I want to do some of this crazy shit that I was talking about and just start painting the wall in a different way. But, and sometimes that might mean that I don't always have to go down this process that Nee is describing. And that's where you're at. 
And it's a great, it's a great checkpoint. It's a great checkpoint along the journey that if you're starting to feel like I know what to do, I know how to do it, I know why I'm doing it, all three ticked off, and I can in fact do it consistently. Maybe not perfect, don't need to be, but I can in fact do that shit. And now it's almost restricting me. That that process is restricting me now. That's when you now need to switch from the mindset of, well, got to do it perfect. I've got to always follow this step two, step two. Now, actually, I'm going to start to fly into, and I, the way I want you to visualize it is just like throw away the the easel and the canvas, throw away that canvas and just imagine your night out now as one gigantic infinite white wall. You just step it up into this white wall. You got an infinite bucket of paint and you got this paintbrush that could go in any way, which way and direction. And you've got free reign to do whatever the hell you want. Now, this is a very dangerous mindset if you're an absolute beginner, which is why I had to cover that before. If you're an absolute beginner, do not be doing this. Get your easel, get your fucking canvas, stay over up and down because you got to lay that shit. But once you're done with that, once you're knee right now, get to that infinite white wall and just have fun of it. Start making mistakes. Start doing shit that seems counterintuitive. Start re- because, and why I'm saying this is because I am assuming you have the foundations laid already. So you can test it. You can push the line so far that if things start to go, you know, balls up, if, if you start to run into a bit of chop, you know how to dial back. You know how to get back to the basics. Let me reset here. If you push it too far, you know exactly where to dial it back to. An absolute beginner does not have that. So this is the first thing I want to try and sum this point up with here, Nick. Which is that the first thing, it's more tactical. It's definitely more tactical, all the stuff I've been talking about here. Well, it's kind of both, actually. It's both. I've been talking about a lot of humid, airy-fairy stuff as well in terms of visualization, but I love that shit. What I want you to conceptualize now is that in the journey you're in, the way that you, the moves that have brought you to the dance so far, you now need to kind of forget those moves, so to speak, not so much entirely. But you now need to entertain the idea that there's a whole new dance floor, a whole new set of moves that you can explore into. And what that really is to say is that when you're going out now, don't feel like you are shackled and that you are required, that there is a requirement for you to go through a certain process of things that you know works because you're attached to that. You're attached, your ego is attached to that because it's like, well, if I don't do these things that have gotten me these certain types of responses and results, how am I ever going to get those again? Like, this is the only way that I know of doing it. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to step out off onto the ledge and go, oh, there's a whole new world to explore here. There's a whole different way of doing things to explore here. And if you were to go out with me, if you were to go out with me, uh, say Saturday night, this Saturday night, and it was just you and I, and we were just like, hey, man, we're just going to go out. What you would see is not Adam going through a checklist of things to do. You would not see Adam going like, okay, well, I've got to hit this, I've got to hit that, I've got to make sure I'm doing this, I've got to make sure I'm doing that. No, because I'm well, well, well past that now. And that this is the thing is that in order to get, like there was a time, there there was a time where if you were to go back, oh, let's see, like three, five, six, seven years ago, Right, right back to the beginning of my journey, you'd go out on a Saturday night with me then, you would have seen Adam going, okay, I have to do this, I have to do that, I need to be laser focused on this, laser focused on that, I'm doing this process, I better. and that's exactly what that Adam needed at that time, but at a certain point, that starts to contradict, that starts to produce negative effects, that starts to restrict that authentic part of myself that just wants to have fucking fun and be creative and do random shit that might seem counterintuitive, it might seem 
It might seem like the wrong thing to do. It might seem a bit ridiculous that I'm going to spend an hour speaking with we're speaking with this table of 20 people going around each and every individual person. That might seem a little bit ridiculous. Like why is Adam why is Adam spent from 9 to 10 p.m. on this one giant bar table of like 20 people and he's had a conversation with every single fucking person there with no rhyme or reason. He's just for some reason, like some of the girls are attractive, some of the guys seem kind of cool, but then some of them aren't and some of them not. But he's still he's just he's just, but he really seems to be enjoying it. Why is he doing that? Right? That doesn't seem right. Like that doesn't seem like but but that's not hustling. That's not the process that's gonna get him laid tonight. You know, that's not that's not that. And it's like, well, what I've learned to do is that when I go out now, I'm really just there to explode. Explode onto this white wall and that I see every single human being as an opportunity to paint on this wall. Um it's every single human being is a new brush stroke. And it doesn't need to be up and down now. It doesn't need to be, see the hot girl, go straight to the hot girl. It doesn't need to be that up and down thing anymore. But back in the day, it used to be. Back in the day, I couldn't do that. Back in the day, if you had allowed me an hour from 9 to 10 p.m. at the start of the night just to talk at a table, like this big, imagine a very long kind of Game of Thrones bar table. You often see these um, that have outdoor areas, bars that have outdoor areas. You know, it's often like 20 people just, and they don't even all know each other. Like there's like groups of five, groups of three, da, 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 kind of pockets here and there, right? If you had told me at the beginning to be to go and entertain that and to try and do that, I would never speak to an attractive girl all night because I would find someone that I get comfortable with and I would spend all fucking night with that one person and just leech onto them because I found some sense of security. You can't give a beginner that leeway, that kind of leash. But now... Because I know my fundamentals. I know that hey, if I start to, for some reason, get bogged down in my mind, if I start to get a little bit chained up in my mind, I know exactly what I need to do. I will, I will see that a stunning girl walk by and I'm like, straight into it. I want to speak to her. right? Because I know that's what it's so ingrained at this point. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at this table of 20 people now. I'm going to engage them as if each and every single different person is a different brushstroke. And it doesn't need to be a five-minute brushstroke. It doesn't need to be a 10-minute brushstroke. It could be one second. It could be five seconds. You know, what am I saying here? These interactions, there's no time limit. There's no expectations whatsoever. It's just that I'm just going to engage with each and every single person here for very different reasons. And it's going to lead me into very different rabbit holes. And that's the thing here is that, you know, you might speak to, you know, this first little pocket of three people that you don't even, you don't outwardly seem that interesting, but hey, you don't know. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, these people are actually very interesting and they have a very interesting girlfriend over here and they're going to just slide me in, handball me into this girl. And then you talk, so anyways, you can see where this goes. You can see where this goes that, that authentic, here you know, needs use the word authenticity here. It's actually not the word that I would use to describe what he's talking about, but I'm using his word here because it relates to him. And I will explain more about authenticity in the second half of this potter with this other guy's message. But just for the sake of this, I'm not going to get bogged down in word games. It's not word games, but it's it's I have a different meaning behind it. But when, what I'm what I'm uh, want to finish up with here is that for you, knee. Uh, for you, Nee, <laughs> yeah, you're going to put a space in between that. For Nee listening to this and for any guy in this this stage where you're at that kind of three to six stage, for you to get to six to nine and then nine to 12 and to make it full circle, what you need to open up your mind to, and this is the summary here, we won't spend too much longer on it, what you need to open your mind up to is the fact that what brought you to this dance is now starting to hold you back. 
these chains, these strict chains, this strict way of painting this canvas is actually starting to hold you back now. And that this feeling that you have to do something, that you have to be on in order to be able to be your best self, your most creative self, your most authentic self, as Nia's described here. Let go of that idea. Please understand that however you feel right now, that's good enough. It is one of my all-time favorite internal cognitions. It's, it's the way, one of the favorite ways, my favorite ways of thinking about things, which is that it's one of the, it's one of the very few things that I actually will verbally say to myself in my own head when I go out. There are very few things that I have as mental, mental cues and mental triggers anymore. Back in the day, I used to have a lot of them to help me get over my sticking points. But this is one of them that has been a ride or die with me since the very beginning, which is that when I realized that you don't need to be super sane, you don't need to be on all the time, you don't need to be this absolute spark plug that's on just, just revving six gear all the fucking time. You don't need to be that. If you can just harmonize with that, however I feel right now, that's good enough. If you can harmonize with that, that's going to get, because listen, however I feel right now, that's good enough. That applies to both absolute beginners and guys that have been through this full circle, because it's just going to be relative to whoever you are right now. And what that really means is that if you just go in with however you feel right now, and that's good enough, then you don't need to be on. You don't need to be anything more than that which you are right now. However you feel right now, that's good enough. And then that will allow me, that will allow you to bring that authentic part of you out that's like, well, because that is authenticity, right? That is authenticity is that however you feel right now, that's good enough. That is authentic. That is a big part of authenticity that you're not trying to show up. You're not trying to do things that you don't feel comfortable doing right now. That's not to say that you don't push yourself, but there's always a, there's always a, a curve. There's always a curve as to, you know, too challenging, too much anxiety, too much pressure, which shuts you down and too boring, not enough challenge, not enough pressure. And it just completely kind of zones you out. You just don't get excited by it. There's always, there's always the scale and the balance between those two things. So you never want to go too under or too over. You want to sit in that nice kind of mid zone, that nice kind of border, sticky golden guy, sticky footy border where you're feeling good about it. You always want to be in that place. And so what I would say here and finally wrapping up this point is that for you to progress, you have to let go of this idea that you need to do and that you need to be uh, on all the time. Now, how do you do that? Go right. One of my ways of doing it was what I just said, is that I just give myself the absolute 100% permission that however I feel right now, that's good enough. Whether that means that I just go up to this girl who's blowing my mind and all I come up to her with is, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. My name's Adam. That's it. Handshake. What's up? That's it. You literally explicitly state, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And you harmonize with that and you're authentic with that. Or, or is that, hey, I'm going to try this random shit. I'm going to try this random shit. And that random shit might be something completely ridiculous that doesn't even make sense. It might just be like going up to, a, going up to this girl and not even saying anything. Just smile, right? Just stand in front of it and just smile. See how that goes, right? And you just explore and you play of all these different things because you know your fundamentals. You know your core skill set. You know if you have to get back on point because she's going to throw some hard balls and you need, you need to shore up this frame and you realize you don't have as much leeway to play with, you know that, then you know what to do. You know how to come back. So it's unshackling yourself from this expectation that you have to be anything more than what you are right now. Just going with however I feel right now. That's good enough. That's good enough. Man, that summed up real well. Now, I know that's not the end of your message. I think there were a few things I want to tie back to here. 
there there are a few things I want to tie back to here, but that that's really that's how you come full circle. For coming full circle is getting back is coming from a place of I didn't know anything. Now I know something. Now I know too much to the point where I can't actually express the true version of myself. So I'm gonna to start to do shit regardless of whether they seem outwardly correct, non-correct. I'm just gonna to start to do creative shit that I'm gonna see what happens here, which is that painting of the wall. Then you start to do that and you start to explore through that. That takes you much further through the journey, further through the circle. And then finally, you learn that when you push that too far, you know how to dial that back and you know how to calibrate to the person in front of you. That's full circle. And if you can do that consistently, night after night, day after day, and you have that free, it's, it's like it's full bandwidth. What I'm talking about here is full bandwidth. You have the full bandwidth to explore within absolute basics, which is like zero, absolute basics, and then 10, which is absolute creativity. And as you can see, absolute basics has a, oh, because my love, hang on a second, I'm gonna reset this cab. So absolute zero is the basics. That's where there's very low risk. There's very low risk in the basics. However, at the top end of that scale of the full bandwidth of exercising your social freedom, your social dynamic skill set, 10 is very risky. It's extremely risky, but very, very high reward at the same time in that if you happen to meet someone that can hang with that, fuck, things go off like fireworks. If you happen to meet a girl that is ready to contend with your absolute disregard for all societal based convention where it's like fuck it i'm gonna do the absolute opposite of everything you've ever expected i'm gonna change the pacing of how we talk change the pacing of our physical connection change the pacing of our sexual emotional connection based on everything that you thought you knew you're gonna get a completely different package with this guy right now hope you're ready hope you're fucking ready now the reason why that's high risk is because a lot of girls aren't ready for that so you have to learn how to dial that back and that's what I'm talking about here. Full circle is learning how to go from zero to 10 and know how to get back to six, three, seven, eight, one. Oscillate between based on the person in front of you. And the only way you get to be able to exercise that full bandwidth of social skill set is that you have to give yourself permission to do so. When you get past that uh, beginner intermediate stage. When you get, because of course, this is all predicated on the fact that you have the fundamentals, fundamentals that you know what zero, one, two, three, four, and five is. Zero, one, two, three, four, and five is. You know what the absolute basics are. But how, how can you, yes, it doesn't make sense. How can you, to a beginner anyway, how can a beginner conceptualize this if he's never even been beyond level five? If he doesn't even know the absolute basics, how could he even contend with this idea of like, I'm just going to do some creative fucking shit? Right? Of course, that's not going to happen for him, which is why I don't recommend he does that. I don't not recommend that guy does that. What I recommend is that guy just day after day, night after night, just harvest, harvest on that zero to five skill set, that 12 to three on the clock face of just absolute basics, just learning what it means to see a girl, go, see a girl, go. All right, direct, congruent, authentic principles. All right. I'm not going to hesitate the moment I get into the club, the moment I see on the street, I'm not going to worry about this. And you're drilling the basics, okay? I'm drilling my open, I'm drilling my qualification, drilling my vest, I'm drilling my course. I'm drilling all this shit. That's your zero to five. But then once you get that shit done, people get turned off by that because like, oh, he's so good at this shit now. He's no longer present with me. And why is he no longer present with me? Because it's no longer challenging enough. It's no longer challenging you, Nee, if you only stay within your comfortable your comfortable zone, your comfort, your comfort zone. If you only stay within your comfort zone, then there's not enough challenge, there's not enough pressure, it's not exciting enough for you. So what you're going to do is expand to level 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, which is where you start to take risk. You start to hesitate, and not that you intentionally hesitate, 
but you just go in with a very a very broad and vague idea of how this is going to play out. Whereas back in the day, when you were operating between level zero to five, you had a concrete idea of how this is going to play out. You know exactly how you're going to res- how you're going to respond, the pacing and the timing of it all. But now it's like pacing timing. That's all out the window. You're like, it's like I remember this. Uh, I remember this time. I remember this time. Shout out to Jay if he's listening to this. One of the Jays. You know, it was on a night game boot camp, and we were uh, we were in this club in Melbourne called uh, it's like a rave club. It's called Revs. It's called Revs, and basically, I'd never recommend going there. I never, I would never recommend going there unless you are there to get plastered out of your mind, unless you are looking to get baked, right? Just straight baking in there. And this is some uh, shake and bake kind of action, where it's like you can't see. There are almost no lights on. All the lights are red for some reason, but there's no, except for like the actual rave dance floor where it's just like, if you got problems with epilepsy, you don't want to go in there. It's just like, just, it's like the Japanese TV show, but the entire room is just like, boom, boom, boom. And the music is like, that's like, boom, 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 boom. It's just, it's just driving you out of your mind. And, and so it's like very, very dark. It's crazy. There's so many people in there. Everyone's just pinging off their minds. And I was on this night game bootcamp and, and uh, Jay was, having to console this girl who was freaking out because she was just having an emotional breakdown. I don't know why. I don't know why. But basically, it was near these toilets. It was near these toilets. And right outside the toilets, what you guys got to imagine is a very dark corridor. It's like these toilets, a very dark corridor that could really only fit about, you know, you got the couches on one side. There's these couches on one side of the corridor up against the wall. And then you can walk through. And then there's like the doors to the toilets. Now, in between that space, there's only really enough room for maybe one and a half people to walk by. It's very compressed. It's very cramped. And there's a whole bunch of people sitting on these couches. And while Jay is just kind of consoling this girl who's kind of having an emotional breakdown, he's my student at the time, what I noticed on the couch is that, oh, there's this one girl just sitting by on her own. So now, back in the day, young Adam would have had to gear up. He would have geared up and he would have gone in with a plan. He would have gone, if he was in his 12 to 3 period or his 3 to 6 period, he would have had a very good idea of what needs to happen here sequentially. But not this time, because this is only like a few months. This is only like, uh, this is at the start of the year, this is is happening. So I'm well and truly down. I'm well and truly full circle now. So basically, I just go in with no mind at all. I sit down straight next to her and and I just stare at her in the eyes. I just stare into her eyes. That's it. Cheeky smile, just stare into her eyes, right? And she was, she was, she wasn't fully plastered. She was definitely, I would not consider her plastered. She was definitely a little bit happy. She's a little bit, she might've been a bit high maybe, but she was just staring at me. She was staring back at me in the eyes. And we just kind of sat there for like 30 seconds, just staring at each other. And eventually I just, I just put my arm around her and I just said, yeah, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on tonight? And she's like, oh, I'm waiting for my sugar daddy. So she says to me, I'm waiting for my sugar daddy. I'm like, did I hear that correctly? What did you just say? She's like, I'm waiting for my sugar daddy. He's in the toilet. And I'm like, what do you mean by sugar daddy? And she like pulls pulls me by the back of the neck and like yells in my, not yells, but like very aggressively affirms in my ear. He's a guy that pays me to fuck him. And I'm like, okay. All right. I was like, okay, you could not have made that clear. So that shit's getting clear here. Shit's getting real clear. I'm like, but... In my mind, I'm like, oh, that's fine. Okay, it's a bit strange. I haven't heard this that often. That's okay. I'm, that's not like a deal breaker. Like, she's an attractive girl. It's not a deal breaker here. And so it's like, it's my shoe days in the bathroom. And I'm like, 
she's like pulls back away from my ear. And by the way, you got to keep in mind, this is not like a soft tea lounge. This is like, you can barely hear what people are saying. You can barely see people. It's, it's just a fucking animal house. And, and when she says this, I, I go, I will go back to look at her in the eyes and I'm just staring into her eyes and her eyes are just straight Sailor Moon, straight anime eyes. And so of course I just go straight in and just start making out of her. Regardless of this sugar daddy, he could come in at any moment and want to punch me out or do whatever. I don't care. This is like this is the moment that's happening right now. She's feeling it. I'm feeling it. So I start making out of her. All right, she's grabbing me in areas that that areas that should be grabbed. And it's great. It's going. It's it's good. And all of a sudden, her sugar daddy walks out of the bathroom. And like a really like a good employee, I guess you could say. She an employee, I guess. She's kind of an employee. Like a good employee, she she starts making out of me and she just goes with him. She just walks up off the couch and goes with him. Now, what's interesting is that this sugar daddy was an absolute pleb. He was an absolute fish. He, in terms of like he must be paying her a lot of money. Like he must be paying her, he must be putting up he must be putting up uh, digits, you know what I'm saying? Because this guy was, uh, by all accounts, just a straight beta. He didn't give a fuck at all. He didn't care at all that that I was uh, I was sitting there on the couch making out of his had his girl all over me. He didn't he didn't care at all. He, he didn't get aggressive at all. He didn't even try and interact with us. He kind of just waited for her to come up, and and like he just looked like a typical librarian. Like he was Mister Librarian. He was a straight librarian. He gave it that librarian vibe. And when I was looking at this, I was like so confused. And they were like standing there in the corridor for just a little bit. I'm like sitting there on the couch going, well, that was interesting. She kind of tasted like strawberry vodka. That's okay. And then, and then, and then like she looks like it was like a robotic automatic thing that she just went with him. It's like, that's her automatic thing. She didn't even, it's not that she left me in an aggress in like, in like a, all right, bye. Like that kind of, it wasn't like that. She kind of just got up off the couch and like, mm, that's fine because it's like, this is, this is how it goes at night. There's no attachment, but they're standing there for a little bit. And then I just, she, I catch her eye again. I catch her eye and she comes back to me and she kind of just sits on my lap for a while and we start kissing each other again. And, uh, we exchange digits because she has to go back to her sugar daddy, uh, Mr. Librarian. And that was it. Right now, the reason why I wanted to paint that story is that back in the day, younger Adam would have felt like, Oh, do I chase this now? Do I go up? Do I try and make friends with Mr. Librarian, do I try and, but I was like, this day I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit here, I'm just going to sit here, and she eventually came back to me to, to reek, to, so we could close the situation, but there was no need needed, there's no attachment there, there was no, I didn't give, there was, all I was trying to paint there for you guys, is that all I saw was a girl sitting on the couch, and instead of seeing her as an easel with a 40 by 60 white canvas that needs up and down strokes, Instead of that now, all I see is a white infinite wall with me of an infinite paint, bu- paint, paint bucket and paintbrush, and I'm just going to see what the fuck happens here, right? And that's all. And there was barely a word exchanged between me and this girl, other than the fact that she told me she had a sugar daddy and she fucks a guy for money. That's all she told me, right? That's all I needed. Yeah, all, but all I needed to know was the look in her eyes. Now, to an absolute beginner, what does that mean, Adam? What the fuck does that mean? What does it mean that all you needed was the look in her eyes and all of a sudden you just start getting into this shit? Well, because if you've done this enough, pattern recognition, you know when a girl's receptive to you getting physical with her. There's your zero to five. So I, I like that we wrapped that up with a story and made it fun, kept it fun, because I know we can get a little too serious sometimes, in a good way. Like in a good way, I appreciate the serious shit, but you also need to keep it real, keep it, uh, keep it loose, keep it fun. Okay, so that should really paint up 
what I'm real, what I, I think that's, I think that actually was perfect. I think that was a perfect story to really paint what I really meant by coming full circle. Yeah, there we go. So, Nee, that's what it is. Let me reset this camera. By the way, guys, I am expecting for this to be a longer potto. I don't know if this is going to be two hours, but have a look at it here. We are almost an hour in. We're like 55 some, and I haven't, and it feels like five minutes to me. So that's when I know this is going to be a longer potto. So uh, that means a few things. That means a few things. But listen, if, if, you, if you're still listening at this point, this is where the last potto ended, and we're only halfway through. So if you're still listening at this point, you know, feel free to just kind of shake out your head as I am doing right now. You know, stretch your neck, get up, do whatever you're doing. If you were just sitting down, kind of just get the blood flow going. Go out, hang, press pause if you need to. Go out and hang on the rings. I'm not going to do that right now because I'm in the flow of things, of course. <laughs> anyway, get yourself another bowl of water. Get yourself another bowl of matcha. And I'm pacing myself well with the matcha, actually. I've, uh, I've probably got about half to go on this thing. So we're doing well. Okay, now I just wanted to... I just wanted to re-tag back onto his message just to make sure there wasn't anything I missed. I just like to be very, very thorough and consistent. Uh, the final thing he says here, however, the struggle to bridge that gap between learning and executing and embody it in part of my everyday being. Yeah, I feel like we've touched on it all. I feel like the way I described coming full circle, that's the authenticity. The authenticity is that, because yeah, authenticity, the way he's described it, for those of you that know me, or I often describe authenticity in a different way, which is what we're going to do next. But I'm using his word because that's it, it means something different to him. So if I can use his word, it's going to better. It's going to be a better tool of communication for him. Which is why, and you'll see me. You guys will see me do that quite often. You'll see me use words and phrases that don't really seem like this type of stuff Adam would use or say because I'm using it to bridge the gap between the guy who's, you know, requesting my uh, advice. So yeah, in, in the, uh, in the flow of it all, in the summarizing it all, man, I know I've said that three times now because new things just keep popping up, but uh, you come full circle and this won't be a thing. That's really what I was, all I was trying to get into here is that you're just in the growing pains of realizing, oh, I actually have to get out of robot robot mode, zero to five mode, and I actually have to start getting creative and expressive. And all that really means is giving myself the permission to do what the fuck, when the fuck, ever, right? All times, all times, no pressure, no expectations, other than the fact that I'm just going to try shit out here, right? If you can do that, then all of a sudden you'll, you'll be amazed at the reactions and responses from people because all of a sudden the presence starts to come back. Presence starts to come back in these interactions because people can really feel that, well, this guy's just healing me right now, which you're probably starting to lose a bit of. So that's I'm wrapping up with me. Hopefully that covered that for you, my friend. So second part, part two, here we go. Uh, second half of this potter. The way that this guy knew to send this to me, shout out to old Lou. Shout out to old Lou who sent this message. He, uh, so... What I did on Instagram is that I put up like this little Instagram question saying, hey guys, um, suggestion for the next potto, uh, go. And then a whole bunch of people sent a whole bunch of messages and then I selected the one and I posted the one that that one, so to speak, the one that I was going to be doing this on. And what's cool about that is that it gave Lou a chance here to actually ask me to cover a certain angle in case I wasn't thinking about that already, which I definitely wasn't because as you can tell, the first part of this potter and everything Nee was just talking about was very social dynamics and dating centric savvy it was very much based on that one kind of niche area but what Luz asked me about here is very different 
but it's still along the lines of authenticity. Now, I, okay, before I even get into his message, I said before I was going to clear up what I meant by authenticity and what that is to me. Because it wasn't really the way uh, Nee was, Nee, the, the, what, uh, if you guys know my core, three core principles, direct, congruent, authentic, what Nee was describing in terms of my way of using lingo and words was con- congruency. Because, the, and you guys now might be thinking, what's the difference between congruency and authenticity? Because they are actually kind of brothers of the same pod. They are, they are, they are brothers of the same pod. However, the way that I discern between congruency and authenticity is this. Congruency is an external measure. Authenticity is an internal measure. Now that is for me. That is not someone else's definition. That might not, you might not agree with that. And you are more than entitled not to agree with that because it's going to mean different things to different people. And that's all I'm explaining right now. The way that I view congruency is that when I, the way I kind of, kind of sum it up in a real short way is that congruency to me is staying true to who I am, right? And that is on an external measure that I do the things that I do. I speak the way that I speak congruent to who I am, right? So all of my external interaction with this world, all of my interactions with people, interactions with this world in general, girls, guys, family, business, anything, everyone and anyone, I'm always going to make decisions. I am always going to show up congruent to who I am. Whoever I am on a Sunday night, that's who I am in front of this girl in the fucking Revs Raves Club. Whoever I am on when I'm out there doing the rings or I'm out there when no one's watching, that's who I am when everyone's watching. That's my external measure that I'm not this piece of sushi going around the sushi belt conveyor or sushi train, right? I'm the guy sitting on the chair and I'm always going to be the guy sitting on the chair. I'm not chopping, changing who I am based on the person in front of me. Nope, I stay congruent to who I am all times, every time for the rest of time. That's it. But it's an external measure. It's how I view how I interact with the world outside of myself in this world of temples. Now, authenticity is the internal measure. Authenticity for me is Essentially, you could take everything I just said, but then now reflect that inwards. So authenticity to me is making decisions that I know to be true for myself, right? Making the best decision in this moment based on what I feel is right. So it's more ethical now. Now it's more morals based. Now it's more based on my core values. Now it's, but it's got very little to do with the external measure. It's more like, it's like, for example, let's give you an example. Authenticity to me is that, when, say, I, I pulled a girl from the club or maybe I've gone back to a girl's place after a day two, right? So you could take both night and day example or whatever it is. Basically, I've gone back to a girl's place and I noticed that she got a roommate and her. I'm actually probably more interested in her roommate than her. In that moment, there's, an authentic, there's a question of authenticity to be made. There's a question of authenticity as to whether to jump ship and to now spend my time with this girl. And like, this is all assuming that this girl is also, I'm feeling the vibe from her as well. This is not just like some, like I'm seeing a girl that I like and just like, oh shit, I want to try and go up to her. No, I'm obviously getting the vibe from her. I'm getting eye contact from her. I'm getting the energy, feminine energy from her. Oh, she's really feeling me here right now. Even though I'm here under the premise of that I'm here with this with her friend or her roommate or her sister or whoever it is, there's authentic decisions made with need to be made within my own heart, within my own spirit that allows me to sleep well at night which goes, well, am I going to go ahead and just completely fuck this girl over now and say, well, I'm just going to give all my energy to this other girl who I'm really feeling, you know, 
There's a, there's, there's a decision to be made within myself there that questions whether I'm going to be authentic or not. Now, based on my morals and my values, I'm always going to try and get a win-win first. So a win-win first is that if I can get this her friend to be a part of this, so let's get a threesome going, let's get a group dynamic going. If that can somehow manifest, that's authentic to me. That means that I'm not trying to displace anyone. I'm not fucking this other girl over that brought me to this dance, so to speak. I'm not fucking anyone over. However, if that's not possible, and I can tell that it's just, this girl is just not that kind of girl. She's not going to be the type of girl that wants to get into a threesome. And maybe she was really bought in on or sold in on the fact that we were going to spend some time together. And her friend just happened to be here or whatever it is. That from, If I was now to kind of kind of drop her cold and then get hot on the other girl, that would really sideline her. That would really kind of you know rub her the wrong way. It's like, who's this, who's this guy? Who's this dick? And to me, right, based on my, if I can't make this a win-win, then it's a no-go at all. That's how I am in general in life. One of my core principles is win-win. And that I don't, if I can't get that, then I'm out. If I can't get a win-win from every situation, then I don't go into it at all. I don't even try and entertain that because I've made mistakes with that in the past. Past too. I've made mistakes in the past where you know I tried to play one girl off the other. Even if it didn't seem like we had a a concrete relationship, and by no means. I'm not talking about if you have a concrete relationship. That's a different thing. I've only just met this girl, but it still doesn't feel right to me. And that's the key thing here. It doesn't feel right to me. This is ethics. This is morals. This is values. This is what authenticity to me is, is that authenticity to me is staying true to what you feel is right. Now, that is an internal measure. That is not something that you necessarily necessarily are going to see explicitly outside of yourself. That is where congruency comes in. Right, that is where I look more at congruency. Now, if you were to go into the Webster's dictionary of like congruency and authenticity, they're probably interchangeable, uh, interchangeable words. Definitely, you can. Ex- I, I very well could have just attached the word authenticity to the meaning of what I described as congruency, and then do the same thing in verse. So I could have just used the word congruency to describe all the things for my internal measure. This is just my way of describing. It. So I want to make that real clear here. And that's actually, it's good that I didn't, it's good that I didn't bring this up at the beginning of the potter because it might have made the potter a little too slow to beginning, at the beginning. And also, I didn't want to get bogged down in word games with uh, Nee's example. But hopefully now you guys can see. And the reason why I wanted to do this now before getting into lose message is because it really needs to be explained before we dive into lose message. So to summarize it up, congruency for me, external measure of staying true to who I am, authenticity, internal measure of staying authentic to who I am. And staying true to who I am. That's it. It's just the external versus the internal measure. And I feel like that's a, uh, well, Jesus, Jesus, you know, I am in the fucking flow when like 12 minutes goes by or almost 12 minutes goes by like that. Cause I've almost got to reset the camp. Shall I do it now? Yeah, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. Let me get this. Let me get this. I'm feeling good today, guys. My head is percolating. All right, let me uh, let me reset this camera. Okay, so we're going to dive into lose message here. And just before we do, I just want to explain one thing for you guys on the tech end side of things. I've got a new SD card in this camera that will allow for me to go to almost the end of time. Not quite. It's like 64 gigs. And 64 gigs on that camera is at least, that's like almost a three-hour podcast, probably longer. So there's no worry about that. But the battery, that tends to tick out roughly around two hours. So... Uh, at some point, because when I reset the camera, just in case you guys didn't were wondering, all I do is I literally get up, I hit the on-off button, and then I get back to the chair. That's all it is. There is like, that's how much lead time. There, 
uh, lead time there is in between these takes. So it's uh, it's not like I go to the toilet in between these takes or anything like that. If I do, I'll tell you guys. But just in case, yeah, I might need to reset the battery at the two-hour mark if we go over that. But we're only just ticking over an hour, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so diving into Lou's message here, who dived in as a, a piggyback almost, or not even a piggyback, but kind of like just a side angle off of Nee's message about the authenticity. He says to me, and actually I'm going to have to try and fiddle through this because he sent a couple double messages. Okay, so he goes, Mad Potter timing, Adam. Been realizing how challenging being authentic to yourself can be when you're fancy behaving slash acting in manners that are incongruous to situations you find yourself in or when you often injudiciously feel like debating about interesting shite like the bloody benefits of the free market or something like space, a space exploration with whoever's near at in-app times. Interesting uh, phrasing, Lou. Interesting use of words as well. I like it. Um, he continues saying, From what I've been able to discern, these issues ties into concepts including self-awareness, accepting and loving yourself, detaching yourself from outcomes, following your principles, roots before fruits, giving no fucks about others, hate slash judgment, and being emotionally and socially self-reliant. I like that. I like how you wrote that. In your upcoming potto, would you mind letting us know your thoughts on being yourself while simultaneously realizing the best version of yourself who doesn't feel the need to act in a matter in a manner that's incongruous to the situations he finds himself in. So this is fucking perfect. This is perfect. This is literally the manifestation, the example version of what I was just talking about. It's like, Nee's question was about congruency. It was about external. Now that you guys know, based on my terminology, his question was all about external congruency, about how he's interacting with this world. Now, Lou's question is all about internal authenticity. This is perfect. This is actually perfect. This is why I love this. So let me rehash this. Would you mind letting us know your your thoughts on being yourself while simultaneously realizing the best version of yourself who doesn't feel the need to act in a manner that's congruous in situations you find themselves in? Okay, so being yourself, simultaneously being the best version of yourself. Let me unpack that for a second. Because I know, I know what you're getting at. I know what you're getting at. Let me give you a different angle. I feel like, because he used the word uh, incongruous there, but let me say inauthentic because you guys know my terminology. I feel that being yourself, being yourself in an internal way, based on an internal measure, it's very similar to something I said before, but I want to just not repeat that, but I want to try and give, maybe give you guys a different example, which is maybe like, at a core level, you know what's right. You know what's right for yourself and for others. And that's it. Now, knowing what's right, you can take that in many different ways. That can be based on what's right for others as well. What's, what's right based on the actions you're about to take. What's right based on whether you should be, whether you know, is this, is this right for me to be indulging in my ego? Because it might not just be right in terms of justice. It might not be like on the uh, morals types of thing or ethics, that kind of stuff. It could just be like, and what I'm, and what, and what am I? Is what I'm about to do right for my development? Is and what I'm about to say right for how I want to be portrayed and seen in this world? 
like all these different things. And there's all there's so many different ways of looking at it. And to me, being myself and harmonizing being myself with also pushing myself to do the right things, uh, to do to become the best version of myself, which is in fact doing the right things. Right? That that is like that is authenticity to me. And so I, I don't I'm not sure how I'm not sure what more I can say that wouldn't been would not be repeating myself. So let me just recap. Let me go back to that. Doesn't feel the need to act in a manner in situations finds himself in. Incongru- it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't need to act in a manner that's incongruous. That's you know if it's hard because as you guys know this is my first time looking at this message really. It's actually that's a hard thing for me to compute that there would be a moment in time where I would feel like acting incongruous or in my terminology based on what he's saying inauthentic to who I am nowadays because that self-check is so hardwired it's like I know I know you know it's you guys know about the cold showers you know about the cold showers this is one thing this might seem like such a small thing but it affects every Hold up, sound like someone's coming in. Someone or someone might be coming in at some stage. Anyways, this might seem so small, but it applies to everything in life, which is why I love this cold shower habit I've had for the last three months or so. It's probably been a little bit longer, actually. You know, for those of you that don't know, every single morning for almost the last three months, I force myself to take a cold shower. And we're in winter here in Australia, and it's fucking cold, right? And it's, just, it's the first thing that I do. I literally get up, I get some water, and I get into this cold shower. And I force myself to do it. Now, I know that if I don't do that, then I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit because I set a goal that this is what I must do every day. I must start my day in the self-creation process. I must start my day taking control of my day, taking control of my life. And it would be inauthentic for me to act in any other manner, in the words of Lou here. It would be inauthentic for me to do anything other than get in that fucking cold shower and get acclimatized until I'm allowed to turn the hot on. So it's like, it is, that's, it's, what else is there for me to do? I've set myself up in life now that acting inauthentic has such a psychological debt. It has such a psychological backlash that I can't actually do it. Like, I can't lie. I don't remember the last time I lied to someone. And I, I don't mean like the cheeky, you know, if you're having fun with a mate and like you're just fucking around with him and then you're eventually going to come clean in a second because it's for a joke. Or like, you know, like you, you're the typical, that's like small shit. I'm, I'm talking about where you genuinely went against your morals, your values, what you knew to be the right decision and you lied anyway. Or you did, you did something that you know you should not have done or you said something that you know you should not have said. It's like nowadays in the way that I set up my life and the way that I try and act in life and act out in life is that if I want to do that, I've set up the measures that there's going to be some tremendous backlash for that to be. Look at what I'm doing right now, right? If I lived, if I didn't live the things that I tell you guys, they would show up because I wouldn't be able to do a podcast. I wouldn't be able to do a potter like this where we sit down for hours at a time and you just hear me talk with no notes. That's the beauty of the potter. That's why I love the potter because you just get the real authentic version of me. You, If there was something that was not true, it would come up immediately. Because in, in short videos, in short form content, you can lie. You can lie to... No one would know. 
No one will know because it's just short form. It's like uh, with the day game sessions video, right? The beauty in the day game sessions video is that it's just pure. It's pure and raw because it's uncut and it's just back-to-back approaches and that's there and that's done. And it's like, it's the same with that uh, instant date after meditation video where you just have the camera following me. It just following me up, right? And it's it's the polo, this stuff. It's like, if if it was inauthentic, it's like with my students. The first thing we do on boot camp, like in terms of action, well, it's not the first thing. It's the first thing they do is trial by fire. But the first thing they do with me, which is once they've done their trial by fire to make sure that they've actually got their head screwed on. And then we go down, we sit down, we talk for one hour, set up the expectations for the weekend, set up all the things we're going to be going through, do a tiny bit of theory, just two things I need them to know for the rest of today. And then the first thing we do is that we go out and I just teach him the stops, how to stop a girl on the street. Now, the first thing I do is I show him, I show him me fucking it up. I show him me just taking action immediately. Now, if I couldn't do that, it's like this guy would be like, who the fuck's, who's this guy to be teaching me then? If he can't show me that he's willing to take action on a dime. So, and so there would be tremendous backlash. There would be incredible backlash if I was not able to be authentic to the person that I have portrayed. If you guys if you guys got with me in real life and you just met me in a bar or you met me, you met you bumped into me on the street, I am I for sure am the same guy that you are hearing right now. I couldn't be. I couldn't not be. It's like I could not be. How what type of actor could you be? You have to be the most incredible actor to be able to sit down for over an hour and be someone that you're not. If that's just it's like what? What? It's it's it so Bringing it back here for Lou, maybe you want to take this and apply this. He, was, he gave examples of, uh, of maybe he was talking about debating topics of people, debating topics of people. And maybe, I don't know, I'm not quite sure how that kind of worked its way into this whole thing. He summed it up well, but, you know, he talked about here uh, challenging being authentic to yourself while behaving, acting in manners that are incongruous to situations you find yourself in. I don't really know what that means, to be honest. Like, I don't really understand what he's saying there, but, you know, he's been able to discern between issues that ties into concepts of self-awareness, accepting, loving yourself. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Would you mind letting us know your thoughts on being yourself while simultaneously realizing the best version of yourself who doesn't feel... Well, see, maybe that's why his message is fucking with me because I feel like he's creating a separation that isn't actually there. What he said here is this. Thoughts on being yourself while simultaneously realizing the best version of yourself. To me, there is no separation there. It feels like... Oh, I swear. I don't understand why that keeps happening. Normally, my timer doesn't... Hold up. Well, hang on. I got to reset this camera. What I was saying there is that I don't know why the alarm keeps going off. Because normally, just by putting my phone on silent, you guys don't hear uh, the timer. So that's really weird because my phone is on silent. I don't know. Fucking, I don't know. Anyways, getting back to Lou's message here. There is no separation for me between being yourself and the best version of yourself. To me, and I kind of just backwards explained it, which is that the best version of myself is being myself. The best version of myself, there, there is no other, there is no other way of being to me. And so you guys might be thinking like, well, Adam, does that mean that you're always the best version of yourself? Yes. Yes, it is, but maybe not in the way in that you're currently thinking of it. Because a lot of people tend to take best version of yourself as some Superman thing. As in, like, you have millions and millions of dollars and that you are always happy. Well, not that always. When I say always happy, I mean, like, you're, 
you don't let anything affect you and that there are no ripples and that you're just Superman and that nothing can affect you and nothing can throw you off. And it's just like, that's the best version of yourself. I feel like people have got a weird way of looking at what best version of yourself means. But to me, best version of myself is direct, congruent, and authentic at all times. At all times. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm always, that I don't make mistakes. That doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes. No, I make I make more mistakes than most people. It's just that I do them so quickly that they get compartmentalized and chunked up to maybe not seem like it, but it's just that I I actively seek making mistakes, which maybe in and of itself seems like a win. Interesting way of looking at it. But to me, it's like I am always operating on the best version of myself because the best version of myself is those three principles. And it's not that I'm always nailing them to 100 out of 100. To me, the best version of myself is just doing the best that I can. So on any given day and in any any given moment, I might be feeling amazing and I am bringing the best of myself. I am being as direct, as congruent, as authentic as I possibly can be. But or maybe on this other day, maybe maybe I busted my fucking knee, right? Recent, right? And all of a sudden, it's like you get challenged with, I really want to be fucking training right now. I really want to be out there smashing the bag. And it, and it kills me to be lying in bed. It fucking kills me to be lying in bed. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Most of my day is spent moving. But, but, and so it's really tempting to get down on myself in that moment. Now that would be not the, acting in the best version of myself. But as long as I'm saying to myself, hey, listen, Adam, just do the best that you can here. Right? Just realize that you got to take time to heal. You got to take time to learn through this and that, you know, we're going to get stronger from this. Now, as the moment I acknowledge that and I start having that thought process, whoop, I'm back in my best version because I'm taking responsibility. I'm being honest for my own thought processes and I don't allow myself to slip into the negativity. I don't allow myself to slip into these kind of self imploding thought processes. It just doesn't happen. I don't allow for that to happen. So, the best version of me and being myself, they are one in the same. That whenever I am being myself, I am being the best version of myself. And whenever I am the best version of myself, that is being myself. That you can't, for me, you can't separate them for me because that's the way that I live. And that anytime I operate outside of that, I just, I just fucking slap myself in the face and I don't allow it to happen. That's why I brought up the cold shower thing. Like it's like I don't allow myself not to take the cold shower. It's like I don't allow myself not to do the things that I say that I'll do. I don't allow myself not to operate in the ways that I say that I will operate. If I say that I'm going to operate each and every day based on love, joy, and peace, right? And then I'm going to do and do my best to bring those three things to every single person around me. Anytime I act out of that, I need to re I need to re realize that I am acting outside of that and then immediately reconcile that's the word it's looking for and then immediately reconcile that and if i if i was a little short with someone or if i was a little off with someone i'm going to immediately reconcile that and i'm getting straight back to it but i never kind of mistake that with thinking well 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 that wasn't me being myself no that was me being a lower version made me not being the best of myself but it like happens for a fraction of a second it happens for a fraction of a moment and that's and and so it's like that's like, that's the beauty of it is the beauty of it is that part of being the best version of myself and being authentic to that is just acknowledging the fact that I made a mistake. The moment that you can acknowledge that you fucked up, the moment that you can acknowledge that what I said wasn't the right thing to say or what I did wasn't the right thing to do, then that to me immediately puts me back into the winning zone because then I want to take action to reconcile. 
And I immediately want to do things to make this better and to, to repair and to recreate and to move forward now. And that's when I make fuck ups, which happens all the fucking time. Right. So I guess that's why initially his question kind of didn't make sense to me when I was trying to unpack it. But now, now that I, now I feel like we've filleted that quite a bit. Now I feel like we kind of, we got through to that and it makes sense to me now. You know, it's an interesting thing, like this best version of yourself. The best version of me is just being direct, congruent, and authentic, right? And authentic is acknowledging when you make mistakes, when you when you messed up. You can do that. You know, you just, you're just going to be a better person in general, better person in general. And it's like, that feels like a high note. That feels like maybe we're, maybe this won't be a two-hour potter. I feel, I, for some reason, I felt like maybe we were going to go... Because he sent me a long question, but what I realized is that a lot of his question was just kind of his own thoughts. It didn't. The, the actual question itself didn't require a lot of explaining, not too much anyway. Not compared to knees, which is why I'm just want to go. I'm just kind of flossing back over it to see if there's anything I missed. Because he said something interesting at the beginning about challenging, how challenging being authentic to yourself can be when you fancy behaving, acting in manners that are incongruous to your situations. See, that to me, it's like, that to me isn't authentic. If you fancy behaving and acting in manners that are incongruous to situations, then then you've got work to do. Because what essentially what he's saying there, essentially what Lou's saying there is that when situations pop up for your ego to get its teeth sunk in, because we, we all know these situations. We all know that, yeah, there are topics where, I don't know, whether it's vegans, whether it's can, uh, the carnivore diet, whether it's flat earthers, where, whether it's uh, people that have weird views on things or people that just have different views on things, the different views to you. There are often trigger topics, topics that you get triggered on and that you want to dive in on and that your ego wants to get because you've researched it. You have well-formed opinions about this and you know the opinions of others and you know how to break down their opinions. Like, you know, the, the opposing argument side better than they do. So you know how to kind of beat them in most arguments, you know, and your ego likes to kind of dive into that. But is that really being the best version of yourself? So I guess that's what he's saying there. And it's like, if you feel that it's right, if you feel that it's right to get into these conversations and to... And to entertain conversations that are not going to produce a beneficial impact on either you or them. But you're literally just getting into these conversations just for the sake of having a bat. Like just for the sake of, of just getting fired up, getting someone else fired up and just having a, a good old fashioned chop up. Right? If that's all what you're doing it for and to get gratification egoically, then of course that's not authentic. Of course, well, well, let me say that. Not authentic based on my definition of authenticity, right? Which is win-win which is making the right decision for myself and for others, because this is not going to produce a, ben a beneficial outcome for humanity, right? If this conversation can't resolve itself in a way where both of us leave this conversation feeling good, taking energy from it and giving each other energy to each other, then we're not going to have this conversation. That's why I just don't get into arguments with people. Whenever I sense someone that just wants to get into an argument for the sake of an argument, I don't entertain it. Because it's like, unless I can feel that this person is going to be party to something that's going to be an exchange, an equal exchange of energy and good feelings, then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested because I don't have time for you. I don't have time for people that just want to spit fire. If you want to spit fire, but at the end, 
we're going to rise from that, then that's a different story. But if you're just going to spit fire because you want to burn people down, I don't have time for you. And that's what it sounds like Lou's describing it. Lou's describing those situations where the ego wants to dive in, but you know, I probably shouldn't, you know, that's just the ego coming up and that the best version of myself right now would simmer that part of me down, acknowledge that there's that part of me, get to work on that, get into a meditative space and allow that part to just ebb and flow, come and go and get back into, hey, what what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like life's, life's a marvel. Life's a miracle in its own right. Life is this own creative thing where it's like, how would we spend even a second spitting fire at people of neg- with negativity when we're so lucky to be alive in general? Like wh- who has time for that shit when you're probably going to die really soon based on the grand scheme of things, based on the scheme of life. You're just going to die real soon based on how old this this. Think about how old the tree is outside your house. You're not going to live as old as that tree, let alone the universe, right? So what? why would you want to spend any time living this life in an inoptimal way if you know it's inoptimal? It's different if you don't know what you don't know, and I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that there are people out there that are just because of the food they eat, because of the people they hang around with. They just don't know how to think in any other way. They just because of their upbringing, their environment, everything. They just don't know how to not spit fire. They don't know how to not get into lose-lose situations, right? And so it's, you know, you can do your best to try and show them the path, show them the way, lead them to the matcha bowl, but they're going to have to drink. You can't force them to drink. And if I see someone who is not willing to drink, then I'm taking the matcha bowl away. Then I'm like, well, or I'm just going to leave it there. I'm, I'm going to find my own matcha bowl then because I don't have any time to be spending with people that don't, aren't entertained in evolving their own consciousness. If you don't want to entertain that, we're not going to be friends. Okay, that's it. And that, my friends, is where we're going to wrap this up. So actually, it wasn't nearly as long as a potter. I mean, it's a longer potter, but it was. I thought this might go to two hours based on the fact that Nee's question took almost a whole hour to get through. So let me reset this cam and we'll finish up. Okay, my friends, that wraps up the potter right here and right now. I want to summarize right here. When it comes to staying... Con- hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, hang on. Let me actually get the initial question because it's funny because I don't even remember the initial question because of all the context that came behind it. Was it something about how to remain consistently authentic? Because that's interesting because that's like, it's like the, yeah, so he's used two words here that I actually use in very different ways. So his initial question was how to remain consistently authentic in interactions. And it's like, we went into, that was like the topic question. But in summary, man, in summary, there's two ways that I look at it, right? There's the external and internal measure, consistency, consistency, externally staying congruent to who you are, right? That's your external measure. And internal, remaining authentic to what you feel is right internally, right? That's it. And how now, because Nee's question, Nee's question, you see, that's why I need the context from you guys. Because that question is so general and broad, I could take that fucking anywhere. But he gave me the real context. So we went really hard on the external measure of congruence, which is really what he, based on the way that I use terminology, is what he was saying. And and so, you know, you want to go back through all that, you know, basically like this, you got to analyze where you are on the journey. And for him, we're breaking it down. It's that he needs to start to learn how to get into the higher levels of creativity and flow in which that he doesn't need to feel that he needs to do so much, but just be, right? And you start to learn how to put that together night after night, day after day. And then on the flip, we start to look at this this interesting thing. I because of course I didn't really know where any of this was going to go, but looking at Lou's message there, that was the question of internal authenticity 
and also a nice differentiation between self, yourself, being yourself and best versions of yourself and what it means to oscillate between the two and really my thoughts around that. And I feel like we got through that nicely. So guys, if you want to get in on this and you guys want to send me your suggestions, hit me up on Instagram. You don't have to wait for a question. So I'll just, once a week, I'm just going to put out these questions to see what guys want to hear me talk about. But if you have something right now that's burning on your mind, just hit me up on Instagram at Uitang1 or Bolderger.com. You can send me emails there and we can get in on with that. You guys send me the contacts. Feel free to go fully in depth like this. I it As you can see, it really helps if you can go in depth. It's what I love. So go ahead and do that. And, uh, and yeah, I just thank you guys if you made it this far for being along the journey with me, listening to this. Uh, if you enjoyed the video on YouTube, drop a thumbs up down below. Send me a comment. Send me your feedback. Slide me a DM. Slide me, you know, just let me know. Let me know what's up. And I'll finish up with my plugs. So this pod brought to you by baldojo.com, which is my website. If you guys want to dive deeper with me, there are three things that you can do with that on the website. Number one, ebook, crash course to kick ass day game. If you want to get out there, start meeting girls on the street, but you don't have to read 50,000 pages of something, right? But you just need a quick action guide. That's what my ebook is. It's not meant to be read in quotes. It's meant to be understood, conceptualized. Then you do a 30-day challenge and you apply everything that's in it. It's just a no-nonsense, no bullshit guide. It's an action guide. Don't be the guy that sits there and reads it a thousand times. No, read it two times, go out that day, and then use it as a guide throughout the next 30 days. Okay, that's there on the website. And then booking one-on-one Skype calls. If you have deep contacts like Nee did here, Nee was a Skype client, go ahead, hit me up on the website. You can book one-on-one Skype calls, 30, 60 minute sessions. If you have infield that you want me to break down, you can add those as attachments. You can add uh, full recorded sessions of our sessions so you don't have to worry about taking notes and forgetting it all. That's all there on the website. Deeper context, going deeper, one-on-one Skype calls for sure. And then obviously the big ticket, boot camps. If you guys want to go ahead and have the path illuminated, I always get excited talking about the boot camp because it's just like, it's my main love. It's it's where guys really see what where are the holes? What do I actually need to do to change my life? And then how are you going to go ahead and do that? It's the major investment in your life, right? So go ahead, serious inquiries only. You send me there from all around the world. I'm always open to travel. You guys can do that. Uh, balldojo.com that's where this pod is brought to you by and I'm gonna wrap it up here so yeah uh, this is we did a pod on Friday so it's only been like a couple days since we did the last pod but I'm kind of backing this one up I might start to back up potos and just have them released on a more frequent basis but this probably won't be out this is probably a Thursday or Friday that you guys are listening to this whatever the case I thank you for listening I thank you for being here with me along the journey much peace and much joy ciao